What is up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Color Pink. Now, video people watching this on YouTube, the reason I look like I just got run over is because uh, I was skateboarding and it's like hot in Malaysia. So yeah, I smell like something died and I look like disheveled. So back, <laughs> back onto the episode. This episode's about being ready, about disaster and... Sorry if that sounds a bit morbid. If it's any comfort, this is going to be like a shorter episode. Let's get started. So, this is this episode is inspired by um, something which I brought up in yesterday's podcast episode as well. Um, a meeting with two new friends who are really valuable friends. And I didn't expect them to be that big of a deal to me. Like, I mean, not that they're horrible people. They're really sweet people, but... I just didn't expect us to vibe the way that we do and that's pretty interesting it's pretty new and it's something which I really do appreciate but what's funny is um, this it inspired this episode in a way in in this way Um, yesterday night I went out to have fun with them and it was a really good time and this morning I got an email saying that basically my visa for Germany is ready and I can go collect it which means I can go back to Germany like as soon as I collect this visa this passport now this is um, a little bit of mixed news because for those of you who don't know like who haven't really um, been keeping up with this stuff or are new to me and this podcast I work in Germany as an editor for a media startup and right now I'm working remotely and I have been for the past three months because of a visa issue and I'm Malaysian so when you have a visa issue you go back to Malaysia and um, first I really fucking hated it because it's too hot it's like um, it's too hot and it's like I don't have many friends in Malaysia I don't have many friends in Germany either but maybe I just don't have any friends period so that that's why I just don't like everywhere I go but the point being um it was like a mixed bag to come back first of all but eventually I really sell into it because the food is nice everything's cheap and I have a lot of friends here apparently it turns out or I made new ones I guess as well and just when I get start I'm starting to get settled in I have to leave again and that really upset me and that's the disaster like the titles always be always be ready for disaster oh no it's not it's just always be ready but that's what i'm implying by the title it's always be ready for shit like this to happen now i'm not going to get too deep into like these um personal details because it probably doesn't really matter to you like you don't really care uh, about what happens in my life but it's a there's valuable lessons to extract from this and that is that we always have to be ready for shit to happen this is like go this goes directly against what I normally do and normally think because if you know me at all like I'm the most last minute person you've ever like I've like I've taken like maybe four flights on my own like ever like you know booking everything and going thing I've missed two of them so just to put that and I nearly missed another one out of those so like my my success rate isn't really good here that's just one example which just ends up being pretty costly but 
I, I'm like a super last minute person. I don't like being on time. I really don't like being preparing for shit because I've been preparing for shit a long time and always be and I've always been let down. So I just stopped trying because, um, you know, I just I was a super paranoid person starting out. And I guess this is like I bounce back the opposite direction. But in this sense, you have to proactively prepare for certain things um, happening, even when they seem really distant. Like this email came out of the blue. So within the span of like 30 seconds, it took me to read that email. I went from I'm going to be here spending time with these new people, these cool, amazing people for another like weeks or like maybe even months to shit. I could be going back and leaving these people next week. And that really bothered me. And um, it's it's something that you couldn't really have, I couldn't really have prepared for, which really bugged me in the sense that like it's matters that are beyond control to some extent. But focusing on the stuff, the part that can be controlled, this is why I make the most out of time with, especially people, like especially social time. I find that I really easily pay attention to like being in the moment when it comes to spending time with people because I've had so many goodbyes that I wasn't ready for and I've talked about I've made many episodes about this in Germany in Canada before that here like I talk about this all the time because like relationships are one of the things which matter the most to me in fact it's the only probably the only reason I'm doing like so much with my other stuff it all flows from the relationships I'm trying to build or like the relationships I'm trying to keep as I also mentioned in other episodes before and also yesterday's episode in particular and like I, I've paid attention to even the little simple moments when it comes to these because I, I guess I have that innate sense like my body just says or my brain just says you know what this might not like sound like a big deal you know you get to walk with this person for an extra five minutes to go and get their backpack from their locker or like go get an apple at the grocery store but you should tag along because these simple five minute things where you just um you know talk about random shit with that person those are things that you're gonna miss when you're not even on the same fucking continent and i've had that happen to me so many times because i travel a lot um and I move a lot, like permanently, because that's just the unstable nature of my life right now. Like I'm approaching 20. So, you know, chasing jobs, going where it's like cheap and going where the opportunity is. It's it's like part of the lifestyle that I'm trying to build. Like it's a necessary sacrifice. But at the same time, like it fucks you over. And I can probably talk about this in a different episode. I've, in fact, I have made episodes on this, I think, about how like you chase something so hard and you end up giving up things that you didn't know you had to sacrifice. I've definitely made episodes about that, but like steering back to the focus of this episode, sorry, I keep getting distracted, is like I, I wanted to say prepare. Prepare for shit to happen that you don't think will happen, but could happen. And like this is controversial advice, which is why I kind of want to make it short and I really didn't even want to make this episode because it's easy to be misconstrued very easy to be misconstrued because you can easily slip into a state of paranoia where you just compulsively obsessively prepare for every worst outcome 
and don't get to enjoy things. But what I'm trying to explain is that, it, like, what I'm trying to explain now is a way you approach stuff you already have so that you make it count more when you don't have it. So, for instance, I uh, live in Malaysia. I live in an island called Penang, which is one of the best places on the planet, by the way. If you can travel, like, make your book your next trip to Penang, Malaysia. P-E-N-A-N-G. It's an island in the northwest coast of Malaysia, about 3 million people. I think it's about the size of um, New York City, including like all the boroughs. I looked it up before. Um, and it's pretty fucking lit. Like food is good. If you are in pretty much most of the countries in the world, like it's really, really cheap because our purchasing power is high and our currency is pretty small compared to the US dollar. Like I think one US dollar is 4.1 ringgit right now. Um, ringgit is national, national currency. But book your trip here because it's really nice. But as I was saying, I live in Penang. And one of the hot places in Penang for people my age is this mall called Gurney Plaza. Now, as a tourist, you might not enjoy it so much because, I mean, it's more of a utility structure than anything. It's a mall, but it's not really like a good mall, I would say. Like, it's one of the few pathetic things that we have because, like, it's Penang. It's a small island. It's not like New York City. New York City is like the center of the fucking universe, even though it's small. This is like small and kind of secluded in a country that's pretty secluded as well. And, you know, we just got independent in 1957. So you guys, New York City has like a couple hundred years on us. But the point is like point being, there's this mall called Gurney Plaza. And there's a place which is quite famous in Gurney Plaza. To local people anyway, it's called Chili's. Chili's is like a a western restaurant western food restaurant like compared to actual authentic western food it's probably trash and it is trash i've like had both authentic western food in western countries and chilies so i know it's like the quality is not there but the nostalgia is that's the big thing about the mall and chilies is nostalgia now one of the things that chilies has is a dish called bottomless nachos or something like that basically it's a basket of nachos like about this big or like it's like a basket that's a foot in diameter and it's got like a bunch of chips in it and it's bottomless so you can refill it like 10 12 20 times whatever and it's a really good fucking deal even in malaysia considering we're all cheap if you're american or like canadian and one dollar goes to three or four ringgit it's even cheaper because i think you can get a bottomless thing of nachos for if you convert it, I think it's like five US dollars, which is amazing. Five dollars for free unlimited nachos all the time? That's fucking lit. Add an extra three dollars or like another four dollars or something and you get special other sauces. That's like a good time. So I used to do that a lot with my sister. And I didn't think much of it because, you know, after the fifth basket, the nachos start getting soggy and you're just eating, seeing they're eating it for the sake of eating nachos because you want to do something with your hand while you're talking. So you think, you know what? Like, the first third, three baskets were good. Fourth one was, like, approaching okay. Fifth one was kind of greasy. And now it's just kind of, like, a pain in the ass to eat these. But looking back, like, if you had asked me to pay, like, $1,000 to go eat nachos with my sister at, like, that place, Chili's at Gurney in, on Penang Island, most of the months when I was away from home or like Penang 
in Germany working or in Canada or whatever, I would have taken you up on it because it's it's something that is treasured beyond value. Little things like that. And I'm not saying I'm giving this highly personal example because I want to show to illustrate how even the simplest things can be perceived as valuable when you don't have it anymore. Um, this is something which I should write about, I should talk about, and I really don't want to because it's like a really fucking difficult thing. But there's a line from a song uh, by, I think the band's called Passenger. Passengers? Um, it's It's about how you only learn to love things when you let them go. And I, I mean, it sounds like a catchy line and it feels right in a lot of circumstances, but I, I've always questioned why. Obviously, I don't have an answer for you because like I said, I should be writing about it and talking about it and make an episode about it, but I haven't yet because I haven't had the balls to face that and go down that rabbit hole of research because it makes me really sad to think about all the things I don't have. But like, it's true. It's pretty much true. You only learn to love things when you let them go. So appreciate everything you have. Like, there's a lot of things now which, I mean, even me, even as the words come out of my mouth, I'm thinking about things which are absolutely disgusting here, which I will miss um, as I, when I depart. For instance, I'm sweating very much now because it's really hot in Malaysia. Well, in Germany right now, I think it's close to zero degrees Celsius, which is 30 degrees Celsius difference. Now, I love cold weather, so that's not big of a deal, but... Something about cold weather, if you're new to a cold weather climate, you might not get, is that the mornings and nights, aka like when you're about to go to bed and when you just get out of it, those are like really tough in cold weather. Because first of all, you're not dressed very thickly and with a lot of clothing because you're going to bed, right? So you're more susceptible to the cold. And secondly, it's colder, like the temperature drops at night and in the morning, early morning, like after the sun sets basically and before the sun rises again. So it's actually colder and you have less protection. So it feels ends up feeling colder, and I'm sure there's something with your body, like some kind of rhythm where your body temperature needs to like drop or something to facilitate sleep or some shit. It just feels like fucking worse, like maybe three times worse when it's cold and you're about to go to bed and you just woke up, which is why, you know, people want to stay in bed. They don't really want to get out because they just want to stick under the warm covers, all that, you know, etc., etc. Cold weather people, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm going to miss this fucking sweat and warm feeling when I don't have this um, weather, this climate, pretty soon. And even though I can't really imagine missing sweating right now, I am certain that I will miss it because it's one of those things which, um, even though I like the cold, there's just so many memories attached to hot weather. Like, I know that about me. It might be different for you, but hot weather means waiting outside of some of my favorite restaurants with my friends in Malaysia, waiting for them to open. And I'm a dumbass, so I wear this like leather jacket and I'm sweating outside, standing under the sun when it's 35 degrees Celsius. And which is like a little bit past 100 degrees Fahrenheit for you Fahrenheit people, by the way. And I'm just sitting there sweating my balls out and I'm waiting for this restaurant to open and I'm hungry, I'm thirsty and I need to pee at the same time. Like sweating reminds me of that. And even though back then, like it was a very unpleasant experience to the point of like, it's funny. It's so unpleasant that it was funny. I'm going to miss those things because I won't be able to wait outside with my friends at my favorite restaurants in Malaysia very soon. Or I won't always be able to. Um, you know, what if they close down by the time I come back? What if I 
I'm not back in Malaysia for like three years for some reason. Maybe the nation goes into war. Maybe like, I don't know, I get listed as a fugitive for a murder case I didn't commit. There's so many things that could happen. Like things, you can lose things just like they vanish, just like that. And, you know, obviously I'm quoting lots of extreme examples, but you can probably think of things that you care about, which you lost just without warning, or you can lose without warning. I mean, the easiest example is people. Like the person you love right now could be struck by lightning. As I'm saying this right now, I mean, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. Like, hope you get together with that person, but it could happen. Your sister could get run over by an ice cream truck when she's buying ice cream. Your favorite pet cat could eat a bad fish and get stomach poisoning and die. Like, there's so many things that could go wrong. There's so many things that could vanish. And that's the only part of the story which a lot of people focus on. People just say a lot of things can go wrong and then they just descend into a state of paranoia. But the other half of the thing which people don't complete with is a lot of things can go wrong. That's why you should seize what you can now. That's the part that I want to focus on. And I don't know, maybe in hindsight, this episode was kind of helpful to give the, to complete the picture in that sense. Um, and also to give some insight on something which I think a lot of us should be doing more. Me included, me, me especially. Like, I'm not trying to point fingers here. A lot of these problems, I need to follow my own advice too. And that is appreciating shit before it's gone. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of The Color Pink. It is a bit shorter today because I'm sweating uncontrollably and I need to do something about it because I'm about to ruin the furniture. Um, thank you for listening again. <laughs> I already said that. If you're on iTunes, do leave us a rating. It helps us grow. Follow and subscribe on any other platform to get notified when we post new episodes. This podcast family is going strong. We just crossed about 4,000 plays per episode. Uh, no, not per episode, sorry. In, in total of all the episodes. Um, that doesn't sound like much, but it means a lot to me because there, back when there was like one person listening to every single episode, I was still doing it. And I was the happiest shit on planet Earth. So it's pretty cool. Um, average audience per episode, I think it's about 60 something people. So going strong, pretty nice. Thank you for being here, guys. And I'll talk to you next one. Bye.